All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 88 Problems in Sports Ain't One. I'm your boy, at Kangasman underscore FS on Twitter. Um, with me today, I have Tom Green from Tom Green's podcast. Tom, welcome to the, welcome to the pod. The Kangasman, Charles Kangas. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, so, you know, um, bowl season is really about to kick off. You know, we just had Christmas. I was looking at the schedule. You know, Big Ten's really um, getting ready to get into some action starting, I think, today with uh, Minnesota versus somebody. I can't uh, remember Georgia who it was. Tech, yes. Th- th- there you go, Minnesota versus Georgia Tech, see? Um, so, you know, this begs the question, you know, um, there, was, there was a comment by um, – I can't remember who it was, but it was some – Reporter, uh, oh no, it was a former Ohio State player. How he, yes, he roots for Michigan to win their bowl game because conference supremacy is important when it comes to bowl season. You, me being an Ohio State fan, you being a Michigan, right. Michigan fan, I would love to get your perspective on this. Well, uh, here's my thing I like the conference and I'll root for the conference as best I can. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm actually more. PO'd at Michigan State fans rather than Ohio State fans because last year especially all pretty much you've seen their entire football team say we're rooting for everyone and South Carolina it's like come on you really have to step aside from what you're trying to do to root against us well that means that I'll never root for state when it comes to that either so I would like to root for the for the conference, but it's always this it's always this rivalry push that it's like, hey, are you gonna root for your rival? Or are you not? I say, you know what, if your rival's rooting against you, then damn it, you should root against your rival. So that's my you, take. You know, I, I, I agree with that take. You know, if you definitely if your rival is rooting against you, then you should root against them. Um, you know, half the time, you know, a lot of times I find Michigan fans very, um, this is my opinion of them sure. because of what I've seen on Twitter, sure. very disrespectful. And a lot of times they, um, they, ha- they, they, they live in a bubble. Um, they live in this bubble where they think they're the cream of the crop, you know. Um, and a lot of times, basically their shit doesn't stink, is ba- for lack of a better term. <laughs> and, you know, so I get fired up when it comes to bowl season and I want to root against them, but I want to root for the conference. So, you know, as a diehard Ohio State fan in the past, I have rooted against Michigan. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I I rooted against them last year and I wasn't surprised that they were the only team that lost in their bowl game last year. That's just me being honest right there. But, but, but I will say, however, I have made, I have, because of that tweet by um, Joshua Perry, I believe it, who it was, former Ohio State linebacker. Um, I am turning a new leaf this year. I want. I would like to see Michigan win in the New Year Six bowl game because at, at this point in this time, the Big Ten is getting no respect in the college football playoffs. This is the second straight year that we've been left out of the playoffs. Second straight year we've had a conference championship, conference champion left out of the playoffs. And you know what? We went seven one in the bowl games last year, and we still didn't get any respect. And we're not going to get that respect unless we go out and we win all our bowl games this year. Yeah, and that's a fair point. Uh, Ohio Now twice Ohio State has won the conference, and twice Ohio State's been left out. Like last year, they had two, last year they had two losses, so I could definitely uh, understandable why they, they left them out last year. This year they only had one loss. Now is, is part of the deal with the Urban Meyer scandal? Who knows? I mean, yes, they're yes, they're really not supposed to 
talk about any of that stuff in the committee room, but there are 12 people that are deciding who's going to that, to that playoff. So one would think that at least one of them thought about that before saying, Oh, do we make this the big story of the college football season? So uh, the big 10 being disrespected, like you said, twice not being in the playoff could lead to eight to a could lead to an 18 playoff sooner rather than later. Exactly. Um, and, you know, you know, um, I, I think that's what the college football playoff needs because it, it needs expansion and it needs to be the best eight teams. You know, there's some out there who say it should be conference champion, all conference champions and um, a couple at large bids. I think that's false because okay. what you do, you run the risk of having, let's say, let's say an eight and four Northwestern team happen to upset Ohio State in that in the Big Ten championship game. You, and, and then you had this 18 playoff where a conference champions made it. Would you really want to see a playoff game with North Northwestern in it? If you're not part of the Big Ten, you wouldn't. As a Big Ten guy, I think Northwestern is the peskiest team in all of football. So you're looking, you're talking to someone that kind of wants to see it. But I, I see your point is if I were not in the Big Ten, yeah, Northwestern would not be someone I would want to watch. Okay, well, let, let me pose this question. Sure. Would you let let's let's say you have you have the group of five conference champion in there, and let's say it's a nine and three Houston team. Would you want to see that? Um, probably not. I mean, and if you and if UCF, I know you're trying to get that. That we're trying we're going to get in. We'll use the Charles Kangas term. They would get mollywhopped. Exactly. <laughs> They would get mollywhopped because they don't play the, the same kind of athletes that they play that we play in the Big Ten Conference or that people play in the SEC. You know, I, I think you know that UCF could give somebody a good game. Um, they they did beat Auburn last year in the New Year Six Bowl game, Remember but Auburn was a very <laughs> exactly. It was the most absurd thing ever. Um, it, it, you know, but but Auburn was a very flawed team. They basically had the same team come back this year. And they looked worse. So, you know, I, I didn't find that victory that much, that impressive, to, to tell you the truth. Um, and so, you know, w- w- let's see. You also have Memphis in that conference. Would you want to see Memphis, Memphis in the college football playoff? Uh, their barbecue sounds better than that. <laughs> you know, so you see my point, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think what I've always – I've been saying this for a long time. I, I said that they need to make the system in which they put teams in not just on one system. Because you remember how the BCS was based on all computers, correct? Yes. Okay. So you had the BCS system. It was flawed. It was based on all computer stuff, um, that, which was flawed. Yeah, just as now Tuberville and Auburn in 2004. Exactly. Or, you know, the year that we had Alabama play LSU for the national title. You mean you know, the field goal um, contest? Yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or or how, how about the year where um, Ohio State and uh, Michigan, in 2006, when Ohio State and Michigan had the classic, I, I think that's, that's my all-time favorite game to, still to this day, Chad Henney versus Troy Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, classic matchup. And many people were saying, you know, um, that it should have been, Michigan meeting Ohio State again in the national title game and ended up being Urban Meyer's Florida team, which rightfully so. They went on to win the, win the national championship. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the, there were some people back then who were saying it should have been them. So, 
the computer system, as you can see, is flawed. Yes. But so then they thought, okay, let's let's bring this human element into it. Um, let's make it all. Uh, let's put it all on a committee. And what what we're seeing with the committee is they don't have consistency with what they view as positives and negatives. You know, um, one year they value conference champions. Um, next year they value uh, margin of victory or um, who you lose to or, you know, things like that. Yeah. So what I, what, what I've been saying is you need to take the computer system and you need to make it a part of what puts these teams in the playoffs. You need to take the human element and you need to make it a part of what puts these teams in the playoffs. Make, make them equal parts and then put it together, and then you get your playoff teams. What do you think? Yeah, and I, I, was, a, I was an advocate for what you were saying was not that good. It was um, conference champions plus two, two at large. But like you had said before, the flaw about that is you have a Northwest, you have perhaps an eight and four Northwestern, or let's, let's face it, even a seven and five pit, pit team that gave Notre Dame a shot. But, um, but if you have them in the playoff, then you have a team like Georgia or perhaps, well, God forbid, Clemson or even Notre Dame saying, hey, we were undefeated all year. We lose, we lose what, in Clemson's case, it had they lost a bit. Uh, we lose one game and now we're out? What the hell? So the eight best teams does seem like a very fair point because let's say Clemson does lose to Pitt they perhaps would still get in because the committee would say, yes, they're still among one of the eight best teams. And Georgia would still get in because, yes, they blew it to Alabama, but they had a tough SEC schedule, and Alabama was an SEC title game, which kind of was a de facto national championship game, if you think about it that way. You know, it was. Um, but, you know, I want to get to your point on Clemson real quick. Sure. You know, um, you're, you, you were saying how if they lost to Pitt in the um, conference championship game, well, they lost one game. What the hell? I think there's reason that they wouldn't be included in okay. that. I think that, that I think what the committee has, act, has absolutely proven is that it's better to lose early than it is to lose yes. late. So you, you take Ohio State's early loss against Purdue – you put that up against Clemson's late loss at the end of the year in the conference championship game. Which one sounds worse to you? To me, it's Ohio. It's Clemson versus Pitt, a seven and five Pitt team in the conference championship, because it just shows the lack of power in that conference. There's not a depth. Clemson is the team to beat in that conference every single year since Dabo has been there. You know, and the Big Ten is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, conferences to win. They definitely have the one of the hardest divisions, the Big Ten East. Now, and the yeah. SEC West is very comparable to that, definitely. Yeah, and, you know, I would say that I think – and I saw Jim Delaney. I saw something about our conference uh, guy, Jim Delaney, saying, you know, he's going to explore divisionless football where the two best teams make the conference championship game. I would think that would actually benefit the Big Ten more than the, what these divisions do right now because I, I kind of think these divisions have hurt the team because let's, let's say – um, Ohio State still beats Michigan. Who's in the conference championship game against Ohio State? It'll, it's going to be Ohio State versus Michigan again. Yes, exactly. So then you instead of instead of having what is like what what sh- probably could have been a playoff team 
Um, honestly, I've made the case over Oklahoma all year, but that's neither here nor there. But what you have is a matchup of the, the number what they were number six against uh, Michigan got knocked back to number seven after that loss. Right? Yes, seven against ten. Okay. Okay, so you have six versus seven in the conference championship game instead of six versus Northwestern 21. Um, and Northwestern gave us a run for our money in that conference championship game. But if that, if that had been a um, Michigan that did that and we wanted, we would have beat them two times in a row, imagine how that would have looked in the, the committee's eyes. You probably wouldn't have seen Georgia put in front of us in the playoff uh, in the it, in the five seed. And it's very likely. I honestly think that they would have valued Ohio state more than Oklahoma because um, the way that they were doing it, what they were looking to see in that game is they were looking to see Ohio state Molly Northwestern, like they did back in 2014 to Wisconsin. And they didn't get that. But you know, if you switch that up and you have it versus a team that's closer um, athletes wise and competitive wise, and at the end of the day, I think it looks better on that team. Yes, and I and I would have said that the committee there would have been no doubt that a commi- the uh, Ohio State having to beat Michigan twice would have looked a heck of a lot better in the uh, committee's eyes than Oklahoma having to not basically not play defense and make the college football playoff. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, let's, 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 let's get into the games here. Um, so um, we got a couple New Year's six games coming up. Um, you got one this Saturday where it's uh, Michigan versus Florida, Florida, um, a nine and three Florida team making a New Year's six bowl game. is kind of absurd, but you know, that committee has shown favoritism towards the SEC. Um, but, you know, let, let's break that game down. How do you think it's going to turn out from a Michigan standpoint? Well, Michigan has played Florida four times now and has beaten and has mollywalked Florida all four times. If you want to consider the last time we played Florida not a mollywalking, I, I accept that because that was more of a turnover game. But I feel that this game, you, people will think of this game as, oh, Michigan's just going to beat up Florida again. Well, Florida has a monkey on their back, and that is the University of Michigan. And <clears> – <throat> If Michigan gets too confident, then perhaps Florida will get that monkey off their back. So right now, I really think that Michigan should should not overlook it, and they're not. And I think it'll be a closer game than people think for right now. You, you know, I personally think that Michigan is going to come out ready to play in this game. I mean, they were – let, let, needless to say, they were embarrassed against Ohio State oh, in yes. the um, and it could it could have been a lot worse had Urban Meyer been more aggressive and went for a score or two at the end of the game there, but he didn't. You know, of um, course. And uh, for us, for us' sake, we, we wish they would have scored one more time, seven more points. We know yeah. what seven plus sixty-two is it, exactly. So it, yeah, <laughs> I got I got him. I got him, guys. Oh my god. Oh, see, this this is why I like having you on. You're entertaining, <laughs> but 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 you know. Um, so now that I let me regain my train of thought here. Sure. Um, a lot of Michigan's points, I think, were scored in a lot of garbage time when you know Ohio State had like the safe lead and whatnot. So you know, 
I mean, you have to take that into account. But, you know, they, needless to say, they were basically embarrassed by Ohio State, you know. Yeah. Um, th- their man coverage scheme by Don Brown was exposed as something that can be beaten, especially with the right kind of athletes. And I do think Florida has those kind of athletes, and that's going to make it a tough matchup for Michigan. Shea Patterson was exposed. You know, he's he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, you know. Um, he needs to throw the football more effectively to make his dual threat ability um, – more and and then you also you're gonna have Karan Higdon sitting out this game. You're gonna have um, uh, Rashawn yep. Gary sitting out of this game. So that that those are two two of your top players sitting out of this game. So it's gonna make it really hard. But I personally think that Michigan is gonna come ready to play and that they're gonna win this game and prove why Florida should not have been included in the New York Six. Yeah, a nine, a nine and three team that's right number ten. I I did think that Florida was quite overranked. But, uh, yes, Higdon, Higdon, Bush, and Gary sitting will hurt. But as far as as far as far these big universities go, like an Ohio State, a Michigan, or a Florida, it's next man up. So now Chris Evans, True Wilson are going to have to carry the ball like Higdon did. And, of course, something psychologically needs to change for big games. I had said that in my uh, Big Ten Championship preview with my drinking buddy, Aaron Gossert. Check that out if you haven't yet. But... Um, <clears throat> But yes, Michigan, Michigan's going to have to bring their A game, and I think they will. And hopefully, hopefully, you're right that we will, we will, that will beat the brakes off Florida, like the Florida defensive player tweeted last year before the Michigan game. Now, last, last season, of course, if you want, if you listen to the Michigan Florida preview on my end, we were talking about Jim McElwain and Sharks, and that the final score would be 35 to 34. Just add those two together, you get that you get that fun number that. We guys love to love to talk about, but yes, sir. Um, now Jim McElwain is is going to be freezing, and there will be no sharks here at Central Michigan. But watch out for CMU and the MAC in the next couple of years, because now they have the they had the ninth best. Well, no, Michigan had the ninth best, but they their recruiting class was in the thirties, which I thought was very interesting. That's CMU impressive for a MAC school. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, it, you know, it's it. You were talking about how Chris Evans and all of them are going to have to play. You know, this is going to come down to um, how Jim Harbaugh is as a recruiter. You yeah. know, um, I think the, the the running joke is, at least among Ohio State fans, is uh, you know Jim Harbaugh likes three star athletes more than five star athletes because he seems to care about those guys more. You know, he sleeps over at a kicker's house, and you know, every time Ohio State gets a recruiting win over you guys. Uh, <clears throat> cough, cough. Zach Harrison, five star. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you guys take. Uh, you, you guys go with a three star guy. Oh, this three star guy is going to be better. You know, so you know it's really going to come down to um, his recruiting ability and then that staff's coaching ability in this game. You know, and it's going to be a tough matchup for them. But I think at the end of the day, I think Michigan can win this game because they're still going to have a pretty good pass rusher out there. As much as it pains me to say, Mister Goldilocks, Chase Winovich. <laughs> oh yes. One of it, you guys, you guys love to have him as the punching bag. We love him up here. Um, well, the you know, ended at well, the revenge tour may have ended in Columbus, but it'll make us, it'll make a crash course with Atlanta and make sure that Florida will be, well, that Florida's breaks will be beaten. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope for your sake. And, and for your fan base's sake, that it is because you know at this point, you know if Harbaugh doesn't win this game, I don't see the point in keeping him around as head football coach. 
That's a hot take. That's a very hot take. Um, I had tweeted it out a couple of days ago when the uh, Jets, the Jets were addressing the uh, Harbaugh to the Jets um, rumor story, and I said that he's going nowhere. Now, if we if we were six and let's say we're six and six, seven and five at this point, like some people were saying that we might be, I would actually tend to agree with you. But ten and two. Yes, we lost to the number three and number five teams. And yes, I'd like to beat them. Yes, I want to go to Indianapolis. Yes, I want to win national championships too. But you know what? This team before Hoke was, as Charles would probably say, Ohio State's punching bag. This team was five and seven. This team had basically no identity except for adrenaline. Now they're, they've had three 10-win seasons under Coach Harbaugh in his first four years. The other year, of course, the eight and five year being a, a a year filled with quarterback injuries. But three three years of ten win football is a step a great step in the right direction. Is it time to win those big games? Yes, and I want to win them too. But th- things take time, and three ten win seasons there's nothing to to be disappointed in, even losing but to I, Ohio State. But I could make this case. You guys sure. are still a punching bag for Ohio State. <laughs> we probably always will be. In, in Urban Meyer undefeated against Michigan. Fair enough. Undefeated. Seven and, actually, if you don't count his one loss to him um, at Florida, um, since he's become Ohio State head coach, he's undefeated against Michigan. Um, and let's Jim Harbaugh is paid like an Urban Meyer, like a Nick Saban. You know, he's paid like he's an elite coach. But he's producing mediocre results. He has not beaten Ohio State. He's barely beaten D'Antonio. He's consistently finished third or fourth place in the division up until this year where he finished second in his division. And it's only – and so, you know, uh, my point is, is, you know, how long are you going to settle for that? How, how, many, how many times are you going to take that? Now, you could also make the case, you know, who's, who's out there that's better than Harbaugh. And that's probably true. You know who's out there that's better than Harmon, but at this, at this point, you you just I I you can't accept mediocrity, and it you you know you said good things take time. Well, it didn't take Urban Meyer any time at Ohio State. I mean, his first year he went twelve and zero. Next year he was in a he was in a um, BCS bowl game because um, the BCS was so live again. The third year he won a national championship. So you know um, he's consistently been in. New Year's Six Bowl games, whereas Jim Harbaugh is not even on the same level when it comes to Urban Meyer in that sense. So, you know, I, I see your point, but then I could make a case against it. Yeah, and that's a fair point. Another another thing that I'll counter with is that um, Trestle was pretty much made, it was pretty much shown the door because of the uh, tattoo scandal. And <clears throat> yes, Fickle, in the, in the Luke Fickle year, things dropped off a bit, but Urban Meyer had the same talent that um, Jim Trestle had. So there really wasn't a lot to be built, to be rebuilt there. But, yeah, um, Urban Meyer has only lost once to Jim Harbaugh, so perhaps it could have just been Urban Meyer just has the playbook to beat, to beat a Jim Harbaugh and a Michigan team, and maybe Ohio State has to copy that tenfold, and Michigan's got to find it somehow. Something psychologically has to change for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan team in these big games. I totally agree with everyone there. Something has to change psychologically. And plus, with the Urban Meyer thing, it's 
in the four years that Meyer and Harbaugh have been there. Now, I, I wish this would have been a 10 years war, too, between um, Harbaugh and Meyer. But uh, Jim Harbaugh's had the look what I can do factor versus Urban Meyer's look what I have done. Okay. You know, I can accept that argument, but, you know, I'm not accepting defeat by any means. You know, I just sure. want to move on. Sure. Um, we'll we'll take we'll table this for another discussion because we could go at this all day long. <laughs> of course, um, I, I think I could fire. I, I I'm pretty sure I could fire back another opinion. Um, sure. But in, you know, moving on, you know, let let's go to the the Rose Bowl. It's going to be Urban Meyer's last game, as we know he's he is retiring officially after that game. He has actually been named assistant athletic director at Ohio State. Um, now we're sure this and, isn't like the office assistant to the. Um, no, it's not. It's not. He is. It, this is not a Dwight Schrute situation. <laughs> no, this is this is far from that. I think this is more of a, a, a Jim Halpert and Michael um, situation. Um, and I think eventually what it's going to lead to, I think it's eventually going to lead to Gene Smith getting the promotion to president and Urban Meyer come becoming the athletic direct director completely. Okay. Cause I just kind of think Michael Drake kind of fell out of favor um, with a lot of the trustees. You know, there was, there was rumor around um, that one of the trustees on the board told Urban Meyer that um, to um, be patient, you know, after, after the suspension was hammered down. Um, so, you know, I think that's what it could eventually do. But anyways, let's get back to the football. Sure. So, so Ryan day officially takes over after the, after the Rose Bowl. Um, and we got a big game up against Washington. I personally think this is going to be a big, 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 big emotional win for Ohio State. This is Urban Meyer's last game. Um, I just, I don't, Washington barely won the Pac-12. Um, they, they've um, them played well all year consistently. I mean, honestly, Ohio State has not played well defensively all year, but they've been pretty consistent with their offense with the exception of the Purdue Purdue game. Um, you know, I just think that they're going to come out emotional. They're going to come out and they're going to play um, for Urban Meyer one last time, and they're going to they're going to crush Washington big time. Yeah, this to me it parallels a lot with um, Iowa Stanford from three years ago. Iowa was an undefeated team and had won the or no, excuse me, they had one loss and they barely lost to Michigan State, which I felt was pure torture because. Watching Michigan State win the Big Ten, you and I both know, seems is seemingly pure torture. But, that was painful. Yes, but I had felt like this this team had only lost one game and were undefeated throughout the big year throughout the Big Ten season. Well, Christian McCaffrey had a point to prove, and that was that he should have won the Heisman, and he himself destroyed Iowa. Now this is Jake Browning's last game, and I do feel that Browning will not go without a fight, but similar to Iowa Stanford three years ago, Urban Meyer's last game. Um, he can't, Urban Meyer can't be on the field, but he himself will somehow find a way to beat Jake Browning in Washington. I'm thinking like um, 57 to three or something like that. 57 to 10, something like that. You'll will be your final score. Wow. That's an awful big prediction coming from a Michigan fan there. I, uh, they say I, I shall tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And I say, so help me God. 
Well, at least at least you give us give credit where credit is due, because not many uh, Michigan fans do give credit where credit is due. Um, you know, and you 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 were saying about that uh, Stanford um, Iowa game where um, who was it that should Christian McCaffrey yeah. should have won the Heisman? Yeah, you could arguably make a case that Dwayne Haskins should have won the Heisman. Now, don't get me wrong, Kyler Murray is definitely um, deserving of the award, but. Um, Dwayne Haskins faced his defensive opponents were a lot stronger than what Oklahoma faced. Um, granted, we did give up a bunch of points to Purdue, and I think that that loss forever hung over our head as an anchor, and I think it kind of unfairly at some point. And it hung over Dwayne Haskins' Heisman case. Um, you know, I think he made a bunch of cases for some national awards that he just didn't get shown the respect for. I mean, hell, ESPN didn't even um, have him on earlier that day. They didn't even have him on. They they just completely just threw him to the side for a, for Kyler Murray, who rightfully for stats why well, should have been there, but Tua Tagovailoa, I I honestly don't understand why he finished second. Um, his stats were definitely um, inferior when you compare them to Dwayne Haskins. Yes, he played in the SEC, but the first big game that he was in all year against Georgia, he gets hurt, and even before he got hurt, he's playing horrible in that game. So I think you're going to see a motivated Dwayne Haskins as well, who's not only motivated by his head coach um, moving on, um, I think he's going to be motivated to show that, hey, I should have been the Heisman winner. I want to get go out with a bang, you know, because it's likely he's going to be going to NFL with the huge news earlier, Justin Herbert of Oregon announcing he's coming back for a senior season. I think that likely solidifies Dwayne Haskins as the – first quarterback taken because I don't think there's anybody ahead of him right now that could uh, Herbert could have made a case but I don't think it's going to happen now that he's coming back so I think it's likely that Haskins will want to show what he can do and prove that he should have been the Heisman winner before he goes off to the NFL I'll throw you another truth bomb from a Michigan fan I said this on my uh, college football playoff preview with Gray Robertson from the from SEC Media, and I'll, I'll actually tweet that out one more time on the podcast forum for people that missed it. But I would have actually voted Haskins over Tua. I would have vote I would have voted Murray first because and it's honestly because of this no defense factor. He had to do it all himself. But I certainly would have voted for Haskins over Tua because where was Tua in the second half of? half the games that he played on the bench. Exactly. When you're on the bench in the second half of six games, perhaps, and hurt in the SEC title game, that tells me, yeah, you had a great team, and yes, you, and perhaps you might even deserve to be here, but you shouldn't be having the trophy. And the funny thing was, if you watched the Heisman Trophy um, ceremony, the guy that was presenting the trophy and it was presenting the name of the trophy, actually mispronounced Tag of Ilo, and it's like, yep, Murray's got it. <laughs> we all knew yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll throw this out sure. there, too. You know, um, Tua was – Tua is a I've, – I've said this. Tua is a good quarterback on a great team. Dwayne Haskins is a great quarterback on a team that could not play defense consistently all year. A lot of times, you yeah, you can make the case that Murray had to had to carry his team defensively, but or I mean because of the no defense thing. But let me ask you this question: he When do they ever on defense too? <laughs> when, when do they ever play defense in the Big Twelve though? 
Yeah, I've I've said it Never. on every show. I think I said it to Charles too on the show. Big the big what is defense? Twelve. Exactly. They do, they do not play defense, and the fact that you gave up points, you still got wins, but they gave up forty plus points to Kansas. Kansas. They almost lost to Oklahoma State. Now you could make the case almost lost, but they still almost lost. Um, they almost lost to Army. You know, um, these are lackluster teams, you know, whereas, you know, Ohio State, yeah, we lost to Purdue. Yeah, Maryland gave us a run for our money, but that's – you know why Maryland gave us a run for our money? Because I was at that game. Um, that's, that's great. That's on the defense there. Greg Chiano horribly positions the linebackers. He plays them close to the line, and they constantly get beat for big plays, and that's why the running backs get to the outside, and that's why you saw um, the Maryland running back run for two big – touchdown runs back to back um so you know there's there's just there's that right there and then haskins stepped up in big moments not that murray didn't but haskins more often did step up in big moments i mean to go into happy valley on a whiteout night be down two touchdowns with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter and to drive your team down twice and beat them at that time that was an amazing victory. And then to do what you did to what was supposedly one of the best defenses in the nation and Michigan put up 62 points. That's another amazing thing. I mean, you, you, you could very clearly make the case for Dwayne Haskins over Kyler and he didn't get respect, but him over to it, it's easy decision. I, I just don't, didn't understand why he was, he finished in third. It was probably the sec factor, honestly, but that's a very good point. I mean, Dwayne, um, if Dwayne were to have, if you flipped the two quarterbacks, if Dwayne Haskins plays for Oklahoma, Kyler Murray plays for Ohio State, perhaps you could have seen Dwayne Haskins lift that Heisman Trophy up. Could it could it could all just be a reputation thing too? Kind of like the Pro Bowl is more of a popularity contest. I, I guarantee you, um, Haskins is not at five thousand yards yet. I guarantee you, he'd be almost at six thousand yards if he would have played in the Big Twelve with that cannon for an arm and the pure accuracy that he has with those throws. If he was facing those same defenses that Kyler made, he would have put up even more stats. The fact that he broke Drew Brees' touchdown record, which held firm since nineteen ninety nine in the Big Ten, and then he broke Curtis Painter's yardage record, um, he, he he set records. Just imagine what he would have done in the Big. What is defense? The big what is defense twelve. So he was he was painting all these records with a breeze, if you if you want to say that. Exactly, and, and, and you know what, you could make the case too. He had a lot of playmakers, but you know what, that you can't get you can't knock a guy for having playmakers. But anyways, you know, let's get back to this game. I think Ohio, I think Ohio State sends um, Urban Meyer out on a high note, um, and they win the Rose Bowl. And then Ryan Day takes that momentum and then takes us to a whole new level the following year. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'll throw another take there on Ryan Day, too. And I had um, I had said this to my buddy Aaron Gosser as well as uh, Laura Rutledge was talking about it. By the way, Laura Rutledge, very likable, awesome. But besides the point, uh, Ryan Day is basically the only guy that could take over for Urban Meyer and – fulfill the expectations that this void holds because let's say you throw in like a Wes Miles or a Josh Heupel or some or, or another coach that's on the market they would be held to the expectations that Ohio State has which is not just 
beating Michigan, sad to, sad to say, but winning national championships. And with Ryan Day just stepping in, that means, okay, he can do it. He can take over. Our faith is in him. Unlike if you had another guy that, that came in, the expectations would just be so high in the chin, perhaps it could be over that coach's head. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I, I firmly believe that Ohio State made the right decision to put Ryan Day in as head coach. Um, he runs a very innovative offense. He's a young guy, so he's in, in the Lincoln Riley mold. You know, obviously his work with quarterbacks over the last few years, I mean, what he did with JT in his last year and then what he's done to, done with Haskins, you know. Um, Haskins quarterback coach uh, Quincy Avery has made the comment, if he had a son, you know, he would want him to play for Ryan Day. So, obviously this guy knows how to coach, you know, and he knows – He's a very strong recruiter. Um, for those of those who don't follow Ohio State closely, a lot of the big recruits that he that or, there's a lot of recruits that um, Ryan Day brings in. Um, uh, Chris Olave, who was a freshman and destroyed Michigan in that game, you know that was a that was a Ryan Day guy. You know um, Matt Baldwin, you know uh, 2018 quarterback out of Lake Travis High School, the same high school as our our buddy Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, um, he, he pulls, he doesn't just get the big guys. I mean, he, he gets the, the unheralded guys. Um, and the fact that he was able to come in and then, and, and get a big recruiting victory when he got five star Zach Harrison shows me that he still knows how to recruit. Cause I think it was pretty likely before he was named head coach that Zach Harrison was probably going to Michigan. Um, there was a lot of pundits that had him going to Michigan up until that Michigan game, which really changed, I think, really opened his eyes, and then Ryan Day did work. So, you know, I think he's going to be able to recruit very strongly. I think he's going to be able to win a lot of games, and I do think he's going to win some national championships there at Ohio State. Honestly, I'm just glad we flipped Dax Hill from Alabama because if we wouldn't have gotten Dax Hill, good Lord, we'd be we'd, – <laughs> who knows where we'd be at. You know, that that was a pretty safe bet from everywhere that I read about that recruitment, that that brief flip was just a show as far as I'm concerned. Um, for, um, you know, it was pretty safe that he was going to flip back because Alabama was in the process of flipping Jordan Battle from Ohio State, which they ended up doing. So, you know, um, I think that was a pretty safe bet, but that was definitely a good get for you guys. Yeah, and for people that aren't big into watching college football, these are these are big signing days and a big reason why Urban Meyer chose to retire when he did uh, rather than January 2 was because he he wanted to make sure that the guys that thought about going to play for Urban Meyer knew that, hey, I'm not going to be here. This is early signing day. You can sign now, but if you want to wait until February, I've made my decision so that you can explore other options. Exactly. So, you know, um, we were able to secure a good recruiting class. Um, Actually, um, ranking-wise, they don't have us that high, but if you look at um, our average recruiting ranking, it's one of the highest that it's been over the last few years. Um, I think it was um, a 95 or somewhere between a 92 and a 95 player rating. So they they didn't get what Usually what rankings measure is they measure um, quantity over quality. Um, Ohio State did not sign a whole lot of players this class. Part of that is because they signed a whole heck of a lot of players the last two classes. Um, But they're also on the verge of recruiting one of the – probably one of the top classes we'll ever see at Ohio State in 2020. Um, 
So, you know, it, it it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good ride. Um, you know, I think if anybody's happy that Urban Meyer's gone, I think it's Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking to myself, hey, we're, we can actually beat those guys now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance if Ryan Day's there. <laughs> <laughs> All I'll say is we'll see what happens next November, which – I understand on the other side, we'll get him next year has been since since 2001, pretty much once since, 20, since 2011. But we still have faith, but we'll see what happens come next November. Yes, we sure will. And we're, we're, we're really, I'm really looking forward to uh, what Ryan Day can do as head coach. Obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing the rivalry go to another level. Um, I kind of hope Jim Harbaugh stays around so we can beat him some more. Um, but you know, um, all right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom, for uh, coming on today and uh, giving us a breakdown. As the you know the big, we want to root for everybody. Root for the Big Ten to win because we want to see the Big Ten go undefeated in the bowl season because they need the respect. My pleasure, Charles, and I'll we'll go ahead and plug in my own stuff here. Uh, Tom Green podcast. Always, always a pleasure to come on the show at Tom at Tom TV 23 on Twitter. If, if there are any Michiganders around the state of Ohio, I doubt there are. Or if you want to hear some opposing takes, follow, follow that page. Follow me. I talk to a lot of people. As you can see, Jenny Taft's on my profile picture. She's my girl. Yeah. 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 Tom, Tom's a great guy. He give you know, he, he gives us great, he, you give us great opinions, Tom, and very ha- happy to have you on the show. Um, once again, this is 88 Problems Sports Saint, Sports Saint 1. I am the Kangas Man, and I am signing off.